Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The late launch brought to you by Blackstone Motors summer sales event. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit and finance arranged within 4 hours. There's never been a better time to get to Blackstone Motors Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. You're very welcome to Friday afternoon's late lunch on LMFM Radio. Coming up on today's show from two to three, it's women with opinions, and our women with many opinions today are Betty Clark, Carmel McCarthy, and Caroline Cavanagh. We have lots to chat about. Leon Blanche previews the weekend sport after three, and we'll be going to that big dig in Bobek. Tell you more about that a little bit later on. But first up on today's show. My first guest will represent Louth at the Miss Ireland final in September. Her motto could be, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. I'll let Chelsea Farrell explain what I'm talking about there. You're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. Tell them what I mean by that, try again. So basically, two years ago, I was entered into the Miss Louth competition in Carlingford. And I came runner-up, so I came second in the competition, which meant that I didn't go on to represent Louth in the final. However, this year, then I was contacted again, and I felt like this time it was my time to shine. So I said, "You know what? I'll do it again." And here I am. I miss Louth this year. Here you are with your beautiful sash oh, and that you. gorgeous tiara on you as well, and looking a million dollars. Check out. We've tweeted the pictures. Oh. Yours truly is there as well. But look at this beautiful young oh, woman. Thank you. So you went back. Why did you go back? Why did you want to do it again two years on? For me, I think when you're put in that position, you don't really expect to get it. So in a few years ago, when I did it in Carlingford, I was kind of just doing it for the experience, and I was very young. I was only seventeen, and I was heading into my leaving cert year. But then this year, I felt like you know what? I've been through so much, and you get so much negative people in life, and so many people knocking you down, and oh, you're not good enough, and you're never going to go anywhere. So this year I was like, do you know what? I'll do it and I'll prove everybody wrong and show girls that you can do it. And no matter what people say, you can be here and you can sit in this chair with your sash and your crown and <laughs> nobody has anything else to say. Absolutely, because there are always people in life, Chelsea. You know this to knock. Does this go back in life with you, or is it only a thing round the Miss Ireland and and not making it the last time and going back again? No, in general, just growing up. In general, up, yeah, people. I think if you have a pretty face and people like you, it's just constant negativity and nasty comments and jealous people, and they just come at you from every angle. And you're kind of going, and you would sit. Now I know some girls would let it knock them and would let it knock their confidence, but for me, every little knock I got was two steps forward. It was like another st- stone up the ladder, and that was it. You didn't let yeah. it actually. No, I let it kind of make me stronger instead of making me weaker. Mm. And and since you've been crowned Miss Loud, and, and even before that, you were telling me when we talked the other day that you have lots of young girls getting in touch with yeah, you now. Yeah, and that makes me so happy to think that there is young girls that look up to me and young girls that will take my advice and say, "Well, you know what? She was bullied, and she did go through a lot of things in life, but look at her." So them young girls can get there themselves then someday. 
Did so you that's... ever experience it? Just I, 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 I don't want to come in there for a second. You know, you are a young woman now, heading yeah. for twenty years of age in third level education. What about going back as you grew up in primary school, secondary school? Did you experience this then? Yes, it was probably started in secondary school, probably. From first year, second year onwards, it would have been constantly. And then there was, when I hit transition year, there was certain people that would have turned around to me and said, you know what, we didn't like you because we were jealous. And I was going, oh God, why would people be jealous of me? Like, But I think you have that growing up in life, but you just can't let it affect you. You have to keep going and keep climbing your ladders because at the end of the day, your success comes from you, from nobody else. Mature beyond your years, may I <laughs> say. The, the aspect where people are negative and try to have a go at you and put you down, is it in life as as you, you know, we mentioned school, socialising yeah. with your friends. What about our, uh, social media? Social media is so... Is it worse than real life? Yes, social media is dangerous and social media can make people feel like they have more power to insult young girls and to insult anyone in general. And your nasty comments and group chats on social media are a big thing as well. But people think that everyone in there is on their side. But there's always people that will turn around and contact the individual that they're talking about and say, listen, this is going on and I'm I'm letting you know out of decency. And that's when the power of social media turns negative because it does leave people in horrible places and it does kind of affect everybody's confidence because you don't know what people are saying about you on social media. And people can share your pictures to anybody and people can comment whatever they want behind their screen. But when it comes into real life, then it's different. Everyone's brave behind their screens. Mm. It's easier to be nasty and a bully and not be seen, you know, on the other side of a phone or computer or whatever. it's horrible. And I think this generation now as well, especially with females, obviously, because I'm a girl myself, they need to realise that social media isn't real. It's whatever you see on social media is not what real life is. And I think that's my main point for this whole experience good on you young woman <laughs> thank you dancing dancing was a big part of yes, your I life wasn't dancing, it growing yeah. up love dancing i've danced my whole life nearly and tell us about that where did it begin and, and what, what have you done i have danced with showbiz kids stage school in my local locality since i was younger so that kind of i think that's where i got my confidence from and that's how i kept my confidence because when you're dancing on stage nothing matters you're there and you're in the moment and everyone else can fall around you for all you care but dancing I think it's very good for confidence and for meeting other people and building friendships and everything it's just one of the most powerful forms of anything that I can think of is dance. So you got so much from that and and confidence building there. Now with this title comes responsibility Miss Loud and lots of responsibility. You just don't get the DR and the sash and say woohoo see you in September. No. Tell us what this entails now. So basically, as Miss Loud, I have to go on now to represent my county in the Miss Ireland final. But between now and then, and obviously I hold this title for the year, but I have to work with my local charities in which I have chosen Nile Stems for Hope, which is a charity in Drogheda. And I'm going to be working with them. And at the minute, we have an Oscars night organised for the 21st of September. So that's our main focus at the minute is to raise funds for Nile and focus on this Oscars night, which will be a huge event in the TLT. But as well as that, I'm working with Variety Ireland, which is a children's charity in Dublin. And we have to raise funds for children with special needs around the country. But whatever funds I raise will go directly to children with special needs in Louth, which is my main focus now on the road ahead, is to get as much help and as much resources for them as I can. 
You see, folks, you might think it's all about beautiful young women and the glamour of this, but there is a real point to this and there's this very serious side and there's a most generous and supportive side to this whole thing. I want to come back to Niall Stems for Hope because you've brought this to my attention. I wouldn't have known, but for you. And I want to talk a little bit about it today. Niall Bedford, tell us about him. What age is Niall? He's 40, I think, isn't yeah, he? He's about yeah. 40. But he was diagnosed, I saw, yeah, about, what, six, seven years diagnosed ago. diagnosed with MS and he needs to raise 60 grand now to get to Russia for stem cell treatment. So that's the aim at the minute. There's a lot of fundraising going on in Drogheda, but I hope to move the fundraising out of Drogheda. So I have an event hopefully organised in Dundalk, which we can discuss further when the yes, details are finalised. When, when it comes along. But I think for that, it's a big aim and Niall needs it as soon as possible. So the more charity work I do for him, the bet more it'll benefit his charity in that mm. sense. So for me, when they said you have to choose a charity in Louth, there was no other choice because I have already planned to work with Niall Stems for Hope in the Oscars night and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go hell for leather and use him as my whole charity because he deserves it. Ah, my, when I read his story, and I encourage you to check this out, folks. Niall Stems for Hope. It's Niall in the single, Stems for yeah. Hope. Go in and look at his story because his story, I promise you, will touch you. Uh, he has three children, diagnosed at 33. He's 40 now. MS and this is his hope, to go yeah. to Russia, yeah. get this money is, yeah. and have this stem transplant that would potentially transform his life and and, and, you know it's it's so uh, oh god it's special when you read all about it and how it happened to him and he has a GoFundMe page as well yes he does on Facebook and there's also an Instagram page if you all could give a follow as well and support it would be great She's supporting, our Chelsea is supporting Niall Stems for Hope and we heard as well about Variety and, and what, yeah. you're, what you're doing there. So what's it been like since this was announced? You're here with me today. Yeah, has it been crazy. great? Yeah, yeah, it has been absolutely wonderful. Now, it's a bit kind of overwhelming at, at the beginning. I was kind of sitting going, whoa, this is happening to me. Like, I'm only a little girl from RD. But now I'm here and I'm ready to go and I've said I have my plan done and I'm ready to use my title to make everybody in my county as proud of me as I can but I'm going to get the ball rolling as soon as I can and put my best foot forward. Well you're away to a flyer. Come back to you again and of course uh, you entered first when you were just 17, you're 19 now education wise you took a gap year or you went to DKIT, tell me about that So I originally wanted to do midwifery since I was a child but coming up to my leavings I doubted myself and I said you know what, if I don't get the points I'd be letting everybody down. So I'm not going to put it on my CAO, which nobody do. If I can advise you to do anything, do not do that because I flew out of the Leaving Cert with more points than I needed for midwifery. But I went on anyway and I started my social care course, but I never settled because I knew I could be where I wanted to be. So I took the year out and now I'm heading back in September to do midwifery. To start off yeah. on the road where you want to go. Yes, exactly. It's a lesson as well, isn't it? And yeah, and that it is. comes from, would you say, back to that yeah. not having that confidence in yourself yeah, to does, to yeah. go for what you wanted. Yeah, it's kind of that whole like the negativity does get in and you and you're doubting yourself and you're going, well, if I don't get it, everyone's going to be talking about me and that's going to bring more negativity. So try and please people. But now I'm sitting here and I'm going, don't do that. Never doubt yourself and never listen to what other people do or say about you. Just be you and that's all you have to do in life and you'll get where you need to go. It's a terrific qualification because when you qualify, you can take that anywhere in the world. It can lead into many other facets of life as well. But this is your dream to be a midwife. Yeah, and then hopefully 
again, as you said, to travel on and be a midwife in other countries. And hopefully, as well, I do have an aim to go to the likes of Africa and that and do volunteer midwifery. But I've always wanted to do that. So fingers crossed when I get my degree in four years time, that's where I can head. It's going to be some September for you. (laughs) You're going to start off on on this road. I know. The 14th of September is the Miss Ireland final night. And have you anything specifically to prepare for that night? Yes, we do. We have to prepare. Well, I have to prepare a talent as well, which obviously I think I'm going to go with dance. So that has to be prepared and submitted in advance. Then we have a charity fashion show in Dublin on the 11th of August, which is for a variety. And then we have to work with our local businesses and everything to get all of their names out there as well. Mm. So any local businesses that want to be promoted in Dublin and promoted with this competition, I have to take that on board and work with them to make sure that happens for them. So that's basically what we're focused on between now and September is charity work, working with local businesses and promoting our county as much as we can. So the 14th is the finale and all the other girls from around the country will be there as well. There's a miss from every county. So everyone will be, every county is represented on the night up in Dublin. So it'll be in the Helix on the 14th. And this year they have changed it up a little bit. So it'll be quite exciting this year. Do you let yourself run ahead or your imagination or mind to think, you know, well... Miss Ireland. Yeah, I do and I don't. At this moment in time, I'm focusing on Miss Loud because in my head, whatever happens, happens and what's meant to be will be. And I've learned that through everything in life. What's meant to be will be at the end of the day. But I do think I would love to win Miss <gasps> Ireland. Can you imagine? Yeah. Because then that is another stepping yeah, so- stone into the, the world. Yeah, it really is. And then the Miss World competition is in London, which would be amazing to even be considered to be a part of that let alone to be Miss Ireland mm. and last year's Miss Ireland Aoife she was fabulous and the year before it was Lauren and all of them are just idols and you'd look up to them and you'd say wow like they're perfect role models for young girls and everything and I'd love to be that girl and sit in that seat this year so hopefully we'll know in September we will indeed yeah. but lots to be done between now and yeah. then and, and regardless of if I don't win the title. Miss Louth is my title for the whole year so I have to represent my county for the year and I will continue doing charity work and everything even when this competition is over it's not going to stop. Your little sister is here today and your mum Carrie who incidentally worked here on LMFM with (laughs) us as well. It's such an irony as well. I want to welcome them to the show. They're sitting here patiently uh, listening to what you have to say there. Family they must be so proud of you. Yeah they are all of them are. (laughs) Everyone from family and friends but I think you see who your closest friends are as well in a situation like this because you'd see the people who you expect to message you and to contact you don't and you're kind of going okay well that just shows their true colours mm. but for me family was everything like the other night at the launch night my mum came up with me and my godmother and my two best friends and it was just amazing to be able to share that experience with your closest family members mm. at the end of the day your emotions are welling up oh I know (laughs) I see that yeah but isn't family everything in life yeah they really are they really are and you know you can do or achieve or anything you want but at the end of the day where do you come home to where do you go to? Yeah, exactly. who, who are the, who yeah. are the people? And we all need to. And and you know that. Yeah. you have that. <laughs> I do. Yeah, definitely. You really do. Yeah. Do you without know, the support and without people encouraging you on and people pushing you to do things, you won't get anywhere in life. And I think your family are the core to getting you to them places and pushing you out of your comfort zone as such, which is where I am now. <laughs>
I wish I could vote for you. I, mean, oh, I, know. I wish I could just pick you now and say, you <laughs> oh, are Miss Ireland. You. I honestly feel thank like that you. because you are beautiful, I have oh, to say. But you're beautiful within. Yeah, and that's the whole point of this competition. It's beauty with a purpose is the headline of it. So it's to show people that beauty is not just on the outside. It's what's within as well. That you don't, you can't just be pretty and have nothing else with you. You have to have everything the whole package you have to have the confidence you have to have the personality and also beauty isn't everything in life yeah Chelsea Farrell you have it sussed let me oh, say good luck you. to you uh, I'm sure we'll talk again good luck yes. to you in September thank you so much. Thank in you. advance with all the charity work well done to, to you for supporting Nile Stems for Hope and uh, Variety as well and the children involved yeah. there and may I say best wishes with your midwifery thank when you that so begins much. as thank well you. I can't it's been wait. my pleasure to meet you on late you lunch too. today thank it's you. been just lovely Chelsea Farrell congratulations thank Miss you. Louth Big weekend for Slane's most famous son. Who am I talking about? Yes, the poet Francis Ledwidge. And there's a great group out there who work to keep his memory burning brightly all these years later. One of them is Paul Murphy. He's on the committee. And he joined me a little earlier on to tell me what's happening in Slane this weekend. Every year we hold the Francis Ledwidge Museum Committee organised the uh, Ledwidge Day. And this is more or less to coincide with uh, the death of Francis Ledwidge, who was killed in Belgium in uh, 1917, July 31, 1917. And uh, this year, we've uh, a little innovation in that we're celebrating the life of Francis Ledwidge, but also the life of Patrick Kavanagh. And uh, we're, uh, you know, it's under the heading, really, of two sons of the soil. Uh, They were born not that far apart. And, uh, of course, they were both uh, rural poets, if you like. Francis was from Janeville in Slane, and then Paddy Kavanagh was from Mucker in County Monaghan. So we have a full programme laid out. We will have uh, our new uh, Cartierlock of Mead County Council, Councillor Wayne Harding, uh, will open proceedings with a short address. And then we have uh, an address by our chairperson, Terry Wogan. And then we go into um, our full programme, starting off with an, uh, an orchestral piece by three sisters, the Nivuelan sisters, Elizabeth, Katie and Sophie. And then we have the Dublin Shakespeare Society. And uh, these are well-known players uh, based in the teachers' club in Dublin. Uh, They're all uh, mainly ex-teachers. And they're bringing a a crew of 11 people down to give a special um, presentation programme on uh, Ledwidge and Kavanagh. So then we also have um, on our programme, we have uh, two young musicians from Drogheda who are well acquainted with me, uh, Amy and Luke Murphy, and they're a member of the Drogheda Brass Band. We also have a soloist, Rachel Conaghan, accompanied by Anne Conaghan, her mother. Rachel is with the Mullingar Cathedral Choir. We'll have uh, poetry and prose and uh, contributions by a couple of individual members of our own committee, including James Doherty. So that's our programme for the day. It's happening this Sunday in the Cunningham Arms. What time does it start at? Is it open to all comers? 
It's open to all comers. It starts at 3 o'clock and it's uh, €12 uh, per person, uh, payable at the door. So we've had quite a number of inquiries to the museum and to the hotel and uh, there are no tickets as such. People just turn up at the door. So we're hoping to see plenty of people there on Sunday and they'll be be well entertained, I can tell you that. We wish you well with Sunday. It sounds like a fascinating line-up and come along, 3 o'clock, the Cunningham Arms in Slane and you'll be welcomed with open arms. Thank you, Jerry. Wasn't Chelsea Farrell just lovely? I want to say mm-hmm. that again, the Miss Loud. The girls are here with me and we'll just talk about that for a second. But I want to give you a vital number today. You'll need this number for the next hour. 086-1800-658. That is the WhatsApp and text number. Or if you want to call Breeds, it's 1850 Or don't forget social media. Because it is Women With Opinions on Late Lunch. And today, I'm delighted to welcome to the show Betty Clark, Caroline Kavanagh and Carmen McCarthy. Girls, great to see you all. Thank you Thank for you joining Jerry. me. You were Good saying about Jerry. Chelsea, weren't you, on the way to Chelsea? Farrell. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And I was listening to her on the radio when you were interviewing her and I thought she was really together and she had some very good opinions and ideas and she seems to be very strong in herself. So going into the modelling world or into this type of judgmental world, uh, you know, where you're judged with ha- by how you look, isn't going to phase her at all. I think she's very secure. And then I came in here and I saw her. She's absolutely stunning. She's nearly six foot tall with long brown hair and an absolutely gorgeous girl, fabulous figure and a lovely girl to talk to. Yeah, I I was listening to her on the way in and I was struck at how grounded she was. There was no nonsense about her. And I thought, you know what, she is the future of women in this country and you love to hear someone who's an all-rounder you don't want someone who's there being you know holier than thou and fuddy-duddy and all the rest she is in the beauty uh, going for the beauty pageant but as she said it's beauty within and without and that's a nice uh, angle to take on Mm. it but like she she's so clear on where she wants to go isn't she she's amazing yeah great head on her shoulder yes she has Betty hasn't she yeah yeah lovely you were chatting to her out there yeah. before you came in as well. Sister was lovely. Yeah, yeah. There maybe there's so. another one there for yeah, the future. Yeah, we have yeah. to say as well. Really but anyway, wish her well. we wish her well. And yeah. Loud has a fantastic representative going forward. You're very welcome to late lunch. We have lots to chat about today, but really there is only one place to start because this rattles on after Wednesday night's expose on RTE of the uh, hide and seek uh, crash in Dublin. Let me put this question to you today, and I'll start with Betty. Would you have confidence if you were a mum today placing a child in a creche after what transpired on Wednesday evening? Oh, definitely not, Jerry. No, you couldn't. You'd be afraid of your life. But you probably have to. You know, yesterday morning, there's a lot of people had to just put their children in when it, after the story. Today, I think there's more. It's gathering momentum and there's maybe protests to close these particular crashes. Shocking to tar them all with the same brush. Mm. You know, there are some very... It's it's just very... It's very difficult for young people, mother and father, who have to put them in crashes at eight o'clock in the morning till six in the evening. It's it's hard compared to being in a home environment, you know. But again, you know, needs must. What do you do? I can't go to work until I find something. So I'd hate to be in their position, but you couldn't possibly... You'd be afraid of your life all day at work. You'd be worrying about your small child, especially yes. a baby. Mm. You know, they're very, very So vulnerable. it's created, you'd say... Worry, greater worry for yeah, parents yeah, after what yeah, we saw the other yeah. night. Caroline? I 
have to agree. It can be very hard on small babies when they go into that sort of environment with a lot of other children. Their little immune systems are not ready to take on the germs from another 30 or 50 kids, whoever's in the room. And I personally had a friend who had to take her young baby out of a crash situation. She had two older children put in the new baby at one or two months and uh, the child was so sick um, the doctor told her not to put her back in mm. until she was, you know, at least 18 months until her system had developed. But like that, some people have to when they don't have family support around them. And now if you have a few children, there's all sorts of regulations that the granny can't take on, you know, a half dozen children. Otherwise, she's going to be, you know, in a yes. child minding situation and registered and that. Maybe the old ways were a bit better, but um, regulations are very good. But maybe we can open them up and have um, what you call a CCTV in all these places so you can clock in on your smartphone. These days you can see who's ringing your doorbell when you're on holidays in Australia. Um, we should be able to be able to watch our children on mm. smartphones. A lot of a lot of uh, creches, uh, and, and, and I want to say here, there are some excellent creches, and they have an open-door policy that parents can drop in at any stage. You mm. know, the, you don't have to make an appointment. You can walk in at any stage of the day and see how your child's going on. Mm. You hear what Caroline says there? Yeah, I was just, uh, like, we deal with quite a number of creches, and thankfully the ones we deal with, I'd have no worry about putting the children in there. The problem is, Caroline, the, with the... Uh, well, GDPR is one thing, but uh, with the protection for the children and that, I know that they the creches have to be very stringent about who can see whose child on on, on yes, you know being that would monitored. Be a difficulty, yeah. And that is very very clear, like in the in the protection okay. and the child protection policies. Okay, yeah. So that's the the downside well if I see my child I'm also seeing other children mm. uh, like you can't even take a photograph you know in a creche unless it's you know a proper photographer or you have permission from other parents that you can take mm. the, the ch- so the regulations uh, yeah. put, put that on ice really but come back to the point that the programme the other night what you saw to children I'll just remind you children being held down blankets put over oh, children to, to keep them asleep being fed these cheapest noodles that you can buy. You know, these are only some of the things that materialise. Again, confidence lost, obviously, by this. Yeah. Do you, would you think this is an extensive problem? I wouldn't like to think it's extensive because, like, that's... We supposedly have Tusla who are... Uh, looking after people, uh, looking after the situation. But in fact, there are times, and it's only my opinion, that I feel Tusla actually pick on the good ones and nitpick on their policies because it's much easier. You know, it's it's kind of then they know that they're going to, uh, you know, get a response to that non-conformance. But like, where you see this sort of a situation, surely there were some flags up along the way on this. One uh, branch of that wasn't even licensed li- for I over a not year. Registered for not a registered. year with Tusla. Yeah, yeah. And um, the question, I beg the question with the staff. I mean, sorry, if I was working there and this was happening, it wouldn't sit well with me. Mm. I would want to speak up. Now, the the lady who owns it must be a horrendous bully to have, you know, kept staff in the situation where they had to do it or else, Mm. or else they lost their job or whatever. But like, 
it was wrong. It was very, very wrong. And surely it went against anyone who was working there. I just feel they have to take a little bit of responsibility. OK, and I, I don't think many people would disagree. In, yeah. in your, your questioning of Tulsa, uh, Tulsa, Tulsa. Is, is absolutely yeah. a, a valid question. Betty? But I was just going to say... Uh, I mean, health and safety, Jerry. If I had a fish and chip shop and they found some, it didn't, it, 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 uh, the regulations, health and safety, immediately I'd be closed down. You see that quite regularly. Mm. Now, why wasn't Husla in there yesterday uh, questioning that? Why was it allowed to open? Yeah. It, it, again, what real powers have these people? Uh, and, and the other thing to, to bear in mind, if they did that yesterday, and, and, and people, a lot of people I'm sure would absolutely agree with what you say, Betty. Then you have the scenario, where do the children go? Where do you they know, go? Where if, do they uh, go? Because the whole thing is, if I'm dropping my child off and I have nobody else to drop my child with, I'm sorry the child has to go there the next day if I'm unable to take um, a snap day off work. You know, that's what happens. Know, and give I them mean, a few days to find alternatives. possessions, yeah. your children. Yeah. So, you can, you know, you'd wonder about your dog if you go on holidays, where is it going to go? And I mean, I'm sorry, if I thought my child was in danger, I just wouldn't be going to work. Yeah, and, and, and that's a point. That. But uh, let, me, let me throw something else into the discussion here. We did put up a poll on LMFM last night asking the question, is it right to put a, a, a baby of three months, and they go in younger, some of them, we, we, you know that yourself, in, into a creche. And it got a ginormous response before it, uh, it wasn't there. But I can tell you that 87% of people uh, said no, it wasn't right. And 13% said yes, it was all right. Now, look, some people were annoyed by the question asked, but I want to context it for people. It, this is in uh, the scenario of talking about how children were minded yesteryear when most mums stayed at home in their houses and they reared the children and creches... I don't ever remember a crash in Ireland when I was growing up. I never heard of them, to be honest with you, in my life. It's a societal thing. It's a, a capitalistic thing, is it? That now both parents have to work under mountains of debt to afford to buy a house to live. Could, would you comment on that, Carmel? Yeah, I mean, yes, I'd agree with you that it's societal. But I'm, I suppose I'm, I'm scratching my head a bit on children being put in at three months. I mean, you get... 26 weeks paid maternity leave and another 18 weeks unpaid. Most people take the guts of a year off. Like, I remember when I had my first child, I got 12 weeks off and I went six, uh, I went two weeks late. So uh, I was, uh, I only had four weeks left, you know, when Julie was a baby. But my mother was taking her on. I mean, I was blessed. Mm. You know, it, it's, things have changed. And I mean, I'm a granny that works. So therefore, my girls were, well, they don't live close to me, but they were never in a position for me to look after the kids. So that's the way things have changed also. Yeah, there's no reason why anybody's dropping a three-month-old child into a creche because, as you say, there's yeah. 26 weeks there of maternity leave. Ireland is very, very fortunate in what we have with the maternity leave benefits and now paternity leave plus the extra time. Because friends of mine in America had a baby recently. You don't get maternity leave in mo- at all, paid maternity leave in a lot of places in America. She was lucky she worked for an English firm and got four weeks paid. Out from that, no. Mm. Her friend had to go back to work after four weeks, when her baby was four weeks old, this time last year, um, having had no pay for four weeks. So we are very, very, very lucky to be able yeah. to take 
over can five I put months this to you? Yeah. Can I put this to you, though? I put it to you, Betty. If you own your own business and you have a baby and it's a small business and, you know, you're needed in that business, if you are perhaps somebody who is in the world of modelling that you need to get back to work or acting or, you know, I'm trying to think of so many, you know, that you have to, you know what I mean, get back to work. Well, what do you do, Betty? Well, we had a conversation here a few months ago with Claire Bourne. She was the... the That's Olivia, right. Yeah. And she was... The child was a couple of weeks old when she went back to work and I was shocked. I was saying, God, she's plenty of money for the therapy for the child. I remember that. But that said, she, if she didn't, if she, she wouldn't be taken 26 weeks because there'd be no job there when she'd go back. And I do want to say in Claire's defence, her husband, I believe, this is what I, this is my understanding, he's at home. Yeah, but, but, so you know, he, you know what I mean, she has, we talked yeah. about the granny being at home yeah, or somebody yeah. in the family. Stacey Dooley is another woman that is on t- uh, UTV, she's a uh, loose woman, you know, and she's had a baby recently. She was back in two weeks or something after. Mm. Again, again, she's self-employed and again, media. So it very much depends on the job, Jerry. If you happen to be a highly successful woman, right, and you've clawed your way to the top, say you're a scientist, you're a, I don't know, you don't even have to be in media. Um, if you're in business world, you're not going to take 26 six weeks, regardless of what they're going to pay you, because your job won't be there. Somebody with a bigger master's degree, 10 years younger than you, will have will <laughs> have replaced. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on women today to stay out there and fight the corner of where they've gone to. All I'll say is, there's plenty of other women out there who would like, who like children, who would easily mind your little three-month-old baby in their home, in a family environment, and be delighted with the extra cash. So, there has to be another way around crashes much more you can get people into your house they might do a bit of housework so why wouldn't you go to work when your child is three weeks come back when it's fed water the dinner's on the heating I, 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 you know what I mean so so it depends you know there's always always other ways of thinking outside the box I, we're going to take more we're certainly going to think and talk more outside the box in a moment I have to take, take a break if you want to get in touch with us have you something to say about this are you listening to the girls this afternoon 086 1800 658 text us whatsapp us with your comments or 1850 715 958 if you'd like to call in is there is there an answer to this it, it, it you know i mentioned yesteryear when mum stayed at home predominantly and children were rare in the home family you mentioned grannies in-laws you said there betty it takes what did you say a village it's is a it? village to raise a child that's an old chinese saying you know that it takes more than you know the support of other people even if they're not your family it does take a village to raise a child mm. you know i think they should bring in some type of tax relief if women if women are at home and want to mind someone's child you know that they'd be more um recognize that they're doing a valuable piece of work you know that's, yes yeah, Caroline. There hasn't been tax relief on children for many, many years. I think it was removed by Fianna Fáil years ago and they just said it was too expensive to, to keep on doing it. And they're throwing these extra uh, years in place school at families, but they're still giving no tax relief for the people who aren't availing of those. Mm. And it's really, really difficult. There should be tax relief, not just for, you know, based on income and stuff like that, because you need tax relief for children there's, there's costs mm. and the costs will match whatever you have mm. a year and what about making it compulsory for e- that the, in the first year of the child's life a mum can stay with that child no doubt that's it one full year at least I think it would be very good but as Betty was saying earlier if you're in a position where your job's going to be gone or you have to remain in the limelight it's very difficult but how did they do it in Sweden? Mm, yes yeah. Yeah. yeah and like for self-employed people you know it's not easy because you have to you have to keep the balls in the air you have to keep things going I would say to 
any families out there who are looking to put their child into a creche, you have every right to go in and say, listen, can I have a look at your policies? You know, and question them on the ratio of uh, minders to children. Mm. Question them on their approach, like... uh, Uh, on sleeping. I mean, the the likes of their policy should determine very clearly, you know, the sleep periods and that. And that's just an example of it. Question everything in the policies. You have the right to see them because by the time you finish questioning, you'll have a good gut feel about the place you're leaving your child. Okay, good advice. It's difficult to find them. You know, you're probably I wouldn't believe believe a word. Put a secret camera on your child, (laughs) leave the child in for a day and then you can review and it's, it's, it's honest to God, Jerry, and you're falling down the to the women. Eye. It's falling down yeah. to the women to look after all of this, and we're already carrying enough guilt about leaving the children there. Yeah. And then, true. am I enjoying my career? Or should I be at home enjoying my children? Am I going mad at home with the children? Should I be out working? And it, it melts most women's heads who have children and they're trying to make all these discussions and decisions because you'll see, no matter what people say about equality, the women end up with the share, the lion's share of the child minding, the running to football, the absolutely everything. It's as bad as the housework and the shopping. <laughs> We're going to come <laughs> on to that in a moment. Let's move on. Uh, let's escape this for a moment. And when I mean it's escapism, isn't it? Is there really any love on Love Island. <laughs> Discuss. There's, there's lust, Jerry. Lust. It's all just sex. Completely. They're like prostitutes. They really are. Beautiful looking young pro- That's the truth. They're just bed hopping from one to the other to the other. I, I hope they're all tested when they come out from, from, from where the doctors. <laughs> well, they, have enough, they have enough oh, psychological they testing. Are, they, are, they are lovely looking, beautiful specimens. But honest to God, there's not one bit of... I mean... Just mind-blowing stuff. I thought, my... I sound like a, an old one, but I thought, if that is the mod, there's no hope. If this, the world has gone nuts. If that is the young people of tomorrow, I'm glad I won't be around to see it because uh, they're just... Caroline. I have to say, I don't watch Big Brother and things like that, but I just loved Love Island. I was following it in the papers and then because I was coming on this, I sat down to watch it a couple of times this week and I thought, my God, fantastic. And when I saw Maura Higgins, the girl from Longford, she's absolutely beautiful. She's really sound. They're tipping her in the paper for all sorts of things, saying she's going to get the Jeremy Kyle slot now from the television and various other things, except for one major thing, her accent. And I have to say... It's very difficult to understand her. But she's marvellous. And Greg is marvellous as well, uh, the guy from Limerick. So, and Yawande, she was fantastic, you, very clever. The, you heard what Betty had to say. And, and, and I have to say, like, I, I know you used the word there about the girls. Oh, the boys. You're oh, talking about both. Yeah, it, when, you, when you mentioned prostitution. But look, it's it's consensual. There's no money changing hands. You know what I mean? So, it's fame. It's fortune. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, it's I know. F- Oh, it's fame and fortune and it's all it possibly fortune but it's only 50,000 for the winner and oh, no, nobody future, else is getting future. anything well, the brains and conversation they have look at the the, the the girl from prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed subscription required individual results may vary additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com read all warnings before using GLP-1s side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer if you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. 
You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life altering. And if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Dublin, you are Enfield, Yuande. She was fantastic. Oh, she has a master. Did you know where Barcelona was? Yeah. Oh, that's that was in them. Italy or somewhere. Or, uh, but Yuande's a biochemist. No, okay, we, we have two, two diverse point of views here between Caroline and Betty. Let's let's talk to a modicum Re- of reason. sense here. Oh, a modicum reason. of sense. I haven't watched it once. <laughs> oh, I've ca- only calm. read bits in the pa- No, I. I really know it wouldn't turn me on. I would sooner watch paint dry. Yeah. You know, I deadhead flowers. Now that's what that's what I do <laughs> instead. But um, no, I I I feel that it's it's purely uh, for for well attention is one thing, but to try and sell themselves to get one step higher. Now, in order to do that. I would agree with uh, with Betty. There's a level, I suppose, of prostituting oneself, <laughs> for a better term on it. Uh, it's, I don't know, to me, it's a bit crass. And like, no matter what I've read up in it, I said, no, doesn't interest me. Not going to watch it. No, I'll be the bore on that one. So... I, I couldn't. Well, what can I tell you? Yeah. I, I'll just tell you here. This, you as a group of three are a little exceptional because Caroline likes it and watches it. Yeah. Obviously, yourself and Betty Carmel don't. But can I tell you here, among the women in LMFM radio, they hang on every word. They love it. They love it. It is absolutely fascinating. And do you know what? There's a lot of the paint drying type of thing when yeah. people are talking about this, that and the other. But the rules of the show is that you cannot talk about anything outside. You can only talk about what's happening there. Yeah. So a lot of the time they're talking about their feelings. And what really struck me is the guys are saying, you know, I've got my eye on, on Mary, but um, I actually fancy Amber. Well, there's no Marys in it, but um, Jordana and Amber and all that. So the guys are coming, they're they're dealing with it, not just saying, God, I want to shag your woman and go off and do it. They're actually thinking about their feelings and how it's going to hurt somebody when they choose somebody else or they recouple or they off-couple or recouple. they want that's, to go. That's a nice way of saying it. They're going to yeah. have complete, not one night stands, five minute stands, Jerry. Like, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, it's just it's just like what? It's young, it's, it's, it's human behaviour, but yeah. it's like a zoo. It's like a yeah. good looking young zoo I mean converse, beautiful bodies I must say that and young people men and women I mean brain power and also I'll say Jerry, does it, didn't someone kill themselves from last year's show like these people are put into this this uh, spotlight for a month I think it's over on Monday night or like I know yes. about the show I've looked at I'm not that I say but I just every time I look at it I think I, I'm, I'm actually I'm sad for the future if that's what young people are expected to live up to not about there, you know, everything is perfection body-wise. The pressure that it puts young women and men to look like that there's terrible psychological problem, trouble, I think, that you're putting on. People who just aren't quite as good-looking so as... So, Betty, you've the roll back the clock and said, Betty... Ah, uh, Jerry, well, I, I on the Love Island. I never, no, no, I don't think so. No, I no. Mean, Maura is a great girl for going what she wants, but she's she's been accused of predatory... Um, Behaviour. Yeah. If it was a man, reverse. She, she's she's jumping on a fella there, and, Caroline, and he's, he's rebuffed, he rebuffed her. Do you know, <laughs> Caroline, just to, I'm going to a break, but before I do, I take it that you've been ovied. 
oh, yeah, oh, your man, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, the, Betty and Carmel don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. You'd think I knew something about it as well. Yeah, he's anyway. happy again there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. oh, they're lovely. They are gorgeous and all that. And what about the bed hopping? It's supposed to be kissing with benefits. And... Uh, <laughs> About oh, promoting. <coughs> now you're in the but, one room. But yeah, but the thing is, it'll boost your your <laughs> oh, Instagram following if you do get again, up to something. But the girl again, from Enfield said she did not. Have, no, the girl from Enfield said she would not have sex on television because her mother would change the locks when she got home to Enfield. And I thought, well, fair enough. But she's out of the show. See the Irish mammies; they still hold sway. I want to go to a break. <laughs> have you something to say? Yes, your comments are coming in. I will go back. I know you want to comment on the crash issue. I'll read them when I come back. Keep them coming to us. Are you in love with Love Island? Or would you rather dead head flowers like our Carmel? <laughs> 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. Let's hear from you. Caroline Cavanagh, Carmel McCarthy and Betty Clark are our women with opinions this afternoon on Late Lunch. Let me get to some of your comments. I'll read them and the girls are listening now. And if you want to comment back on them, you're quite welcome to the ladies. Well, girls, you wanted equality. You got it. My friend went back to work a week after having our baby because the daddy wouldn't support her and she just had to, says Ella. Uh, Hi guys, I'm pregnant with my first child. Myself and my husband are homeowners and have average jobs. We will simply struggle to survive with mortgage bills and now the new baby on his wages and maternity benefit. So I'll be going back to work as soon as I can. I will probably depend on family and creches for childcare. Some families just can't survive on one wage and maternity benefit alone for up to a year. Thank you for that comment. Tax relief for having children, so I can't have children. So I have to pay more tax because I can't. It's a joke, says somebody else. Hi Jerry, it's a parent's choice. I know they have big mortgages to pay, but we had to do without two cars. We had to do without holidays abroad. We had to do without nights out to care for our children. This time you can never spend again with your babies, says Jane. And thank you for all those comments. They are very interesting. (laughs) Moving on to Love Island. A a listener says, if Carmel saw Ovi, she'd be converted. (laughs) (laughs) No more deadheading flowers. Caroline Kavanagh, yes, you want to get quickly back. Yeah, if Carmel saw Ovi, she'd have what they now term fanny flutters. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I think... I think fanny, fanny uh, flutters are the female equivalent to a male erection. Oh so. my God Almighty! <laughs> On a family I'll show, have to check twenty five to three. Close your ears. Pretend you never even heard that. Brilliant. There's another one here has come to us. I wonder how many people would watch it, Jerry, talking about Love Island, if there was you. The three women and Seamus and Christy from The Breakfast Show. I wouldn't think there'd be too many uh, watching you, crew. It's the biggest load of you-know-what. Is this what I'm paying a licence fee for? Says another listener. Well, Love Island, Love Island. Yeah. Uh, no, no, actually, that's the truth, Betty. Yeah, yeah. we don't. It's actually- and we also can't vote on it. So yeah. Maura is yeah. missing out totally on Irish votes. But she's still doing very well. Yeah. There you go. Let's we'll leave. probably be Spike Island, they call it, <laughs> if we were on well, yeah. well, while we're on islands, let's talk about right. two neighbouring islands which is Ireland and uh, Wales, Scotland and England combined on the other side of the Irish Sea and the election of the new Prime Minister in the UK, Boris Johnston. He's come in with a fanfare, he has a cabinet all singing off the one hymn sheet now, tapping the table in his support and he's going to deliver Brexit on the 31st of October, come what may. What a great man, Carmel. 
Oh, God. I tell you, I think he's, well, I personally think he's a buffoon. But what's scary is that he has filled his cabinet with people who are right to the core, literally to the core. That's bordering on fascism, you know. And I think it's 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 frightening. He's also saying, we're getting out of here, come what may, you know, we're going to crash out. He doesn't give a fiddlers for the people in Northern Ireland. He really doesn't. And, you know, he forgets that the people there are subject to the Crown as he is. So they should be taken care of. But also, I, I feel that the people in the north, and particularly those of more of a, a unionist uh, persuasion, should wake up and smell the coffee and realise there is going to be no support coming from the UK if Boris is let run riot, as he is promising he'll do. Well, the unionists love him. Oh, they're yeah. up in the yeah. House of Commons and they think this is great for the new Northern Secretary is a friend of theirs and he's going to work yeah. wonders and everything. But I think, let me ask you this. If they crash out, if they crash out, Caroline, let's let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's put a scenario that they do now. Hopefully it won't happen, but it's getting very tight at this stage. Do you think Europe will blink? Leo Varadkar said yesterday, not a chance. Uh, Europe has said, we're not moving, the agreement is done, the backstop stays. Would, would, would Europe hang us out to dry? Do you ever worry about that? Europe will hang us out to dry. I think we're... Um, we're well in there and okay. we're not the ones leaving so I think Europe will support us they've already pledged to support us and I think that there will be a hard border really and I think Europe will yes. have to pay for it because mm-hmm. it is a European border not an Irish border and I think Europe is going to step in with us as well So if there's a crash out it's inevitability there will have to be border checks and there's no thing in the sky that can do this or an electronic The moon no. landing well, yeah. well, well. But I think you're right about the fascism because he has pledged already to increase by uh, the police force by thousands, something like, what's it, 10,000 or 20,000? So he's building up a police force behind him. He's, you know, mm. telling people what to do. Yeah, well, people would say the, the police are needed in England with all the knife yeah, crime yeah, and everything that's yeah, going on. Yeah. Betty? He's a very dangerous man. He's highly intelligent. He's, he's, not, he's no buffoon. He, might, he appears, don't get me wrong, it's all, yeah. it's all, he should be a Shakespearean actor. Mr. Speaker, take that wedge to my chamber. You know, he's really, when he starts, yesterday it was like uh, the animals in the UK and we love our animals. And like, he's a marvellous speaker. He, he's very like Trump in that he can rally people into a patriotic frenzy. Yeah. And mm. Absolutely. No, he really is. So that's how dangerous he is. Mm. I don't think he can deliver on anything he's saying. Really, I don't. But I'm hoping to God that the people in England will call a general election because... Yesterday, Nissan announced there's a, there's a 10,000 jobs are going all over wild. the world. Yeah. But, you know, there's an awful lot of people in England are really have put their trust in these politicians and these conservatives. Where are the Labour government? Where, there's no strength. Oh, there. Labour's in disarray Completely. with Corbyn. You know, um, Tom Watson, isn't it? Tom, he's, he's a far he's better the, yes. uh, mm. leader. You know, this. I just can't believe that Boris Johnson, he has gotten where he is and he can't deliver on the stuff. That's, that's my well, there's so many companies and businesses in Britain not Brexit ready. They haven't even looked at it and they were putting out calls this week, the, not the Chambers of Commerce, but some other uh, business group in England saying you, you've got to get Brexit ready. I think we're far more Brexit ready in Ireland, in the Republic, because we have um, 
so much information coming out here from central government. It's fantastic. And then before any elections or referendums, there's the independent um, commission that we can get or independent vice. They had nothing like that in Britain. I mean, we're streets ahead of them mm. for factual information, factual non-biased uh, information. And I think we are going to be Brexit ready. I think the British public will wake up next year and say, oh, my God, what have we allowed be done? I mean, the sad thing was like that the, the British public were not properly informed prior to the, the referendum. The question is, if they went back to the people, what would the outcome be? Mm. Brexit I again. For peace, though, Carmel. Peace in Northern Ireland. Yeah. You know, with yeah, the border. Yeah. Isn't that to, a worry? Yeah, oh, no, apart from all the legal business that we're, we're streets ahead, fair enough. But I don't know. It's a very, very dodgy, fine line there yeah. between trouble and no trouble. Yes, yeah, if you so have to put up border checks yeah. again and people are queuing in cars and that. You're alienating people yeah. again. Yeah. You know, we're going backwards, <clears throat> not forwards. You yeah. know, I remember the time when I was working with a Belfast company going up and down on the border checks, you know, uh, like it's just it the mind boggles when you think of what's ahead of us and the thing is uh, just thinking about Europe like the council aren't going to be meeting until the middle of October October. again Mm -hmm. so they're not going to pull any rabbit out of a hat in two weeks after that to satisfy but the British government's going to be on holidays Boris is pulling them out they're gone for two months already yeah Yeah, they're gone for two months Mm -hmm. he won't be doing anything till the middle of September he Mm -hmm. wants them on holidays for the last two weeks in October in case he wants to just pull out like that. Yeah. So there's, there's actually only four weeks. Mm. There's 99 days yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Isn't the world, though, a fractious place when you yeah. see the other fella, the far side of the Atlantic and you have this fella now and all that's going on in the Middle East yeah. with the shipping and that? Do you, do you ever get an impression like there's, there's been close calls that something could just happen and then suddenly the world is into a conflict? Yes, that's that's our worry. But mm. I, as it stands, like uh, there are wars happening all over the world, and mm. there's uh, there are wars going on that there's very little media exposure on. Yeah. So we're we're very aware of that. But like it's you know, as I say, the superpowers that now we're looking at now him shaking hang, hands with uh, Kim Jong Un or whatever you call him over in North Korea yes. doesn't cut any ice with me. I still don't. I don't trust either of them and you know what the the scarier thing is will um will trump be elected in a second time like who oh. are the he will absolutely no watch, he will. He watch this yeah. space let's yeah. head to our final break the girls are staying with us 086 658 if you care to comment more to chat in about three minutes Nice to hear from you, Joe and Balbriggan, this afternoon. Joe says, Hi, Jerry. Europe didn't stand by us during the bank crash. They made us pay. Girls, you have short memories, says Joe. Well, you make a valid point. I, I accept that. Let's talk for a moment about a really inspiring story. Safa and Moura Ulla, uh, two little girls. Caroline, you were particularly following this story. Tell us about it. I yeah. was following this story. Two little girls, conjoined twins, um, cranio something conjoined. It's quite unusual because the tops of their head were joined to each other. So they were like one long body with legs each end. Poor little pets, two years of age from Pakistan. And a London Hospital took them in to um, disengage them. And it was a very long operation, went on over months. First of all, they had to, uh, they created a 3D scan of the girls and then they were able to see the brains. Then they separated the brains and the blood vessels. 
still while the girls were joined. Then they put in pieces of plastic to make the brains grow separately again. This is still while they were joined. And then they had to put in airbags each side of the girls, around the girls' head and the skulls, so as to grow more skin that they'd be able to rejoin it. Then when they did cut them apart, they had to, you know, tidy up all the blood vessels, tidy up everything. And then with shattered bits of skull try and fix a new skull there and hope it'll grow and then cover it. It grew over. That all happened a few months ago. The girls are out and about now with their mother. Unfortunately, they're only two and their father's dead. And uh, their grandfather is there. But some fantastic (laughs) businessman in Pakistan actually paid for the operation. He did. He did. It's a wonderful story. I've been Mm. following it. It's been on the BBC, so it has. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And I've been watching it as well. But uh, it's a great story. Safa and Marwa Ola are the name from Pakistan and it happened in love. It's inspiring. Isn't it marvellous when you when you see something like that? You know, all the bad news the humanity, in the world. The, yes. the, you know, the, isn't the human human body amazing that, yes. that it can grow? I mean, and medicine, obviously, the doctors that can do that. But, I mean, if you're interested in science, it must be amazing that you could grow more skin. And, you know, the body is amazing, yes. isn't it? Mm. The biology in itself. It's yeah. so resilient. Yeah. Our yeah. bodies are very yeah. resilient. Yeah. We don't give them credit for their resilience <laughs> oh. at times, you know, yeah. and recovery and particularly yeah. the surgery. Yeah. When you see someone recovering from surgery, then yeah. you really yeah. look and say, God, yeah, the human body is... No, we just say, we, we said we'd mention that today. Caroline really wanted to mention just as something that was really inspiring and we wish them well. They have still a long road ahead of them, but they have been separated at this stage and uh, good luck to them. Betty, question... How are you sleeping this weather? Everybody's talking about it. The heat in Ireland, the humidity. I have to say, you know, it's just, it's like Love Island in my house at night, definitely, in that, am I a sad or what? During the day is something else, though. There's building work going on across the road where I live, Jerry. right? And the day before we asked, it was very sunny, and one of the younger builders was shirtless. And I sat having a cup of tea in the sitting room, and he was just now, he was a divine piece of... Of specimen. No, yesterday like the Pepsi the, ad. Yes, yesterday the sun didn't come out. It was raging. <laughs> I was raging. So I sat there having a cup of tea and, and fanny flutters. Well, <laughs> no, oh, no, no, you can no, talk no, about no, fanny. Absolutely not, oh, yeah. Betty. No, no, no. excuse me. I, I'm a prude. You know, Betty, I couldn't have those. Betty, can I tell you this? Can I say this now? Because. A while ago, yourself and Carmel were saying, "Wouldn't watch Dead that." Lo- you have Love Island on your street. Yeah. But Jerry, nobody knows it, so don't tell anybody. <laughs> I tell you, there'd be a line of cat if the women saw this, but they'd be done. He is just I can I can for at a cost I can tell uh, what who what builder he. Uh, someone gives me a tenner, I'll tell them what what builder he was. Oh, he's gorgeous. <laughs> no, don't the say anything. And the flat stomach and so, oh, so, Jerry. So Carmel, oh. she's definitely not sleeping if she's uh, you oh, know that distracted that. during the day. How are you sleeping? Uh, not too badly. Not too badly. Well, of course I'm just beside a window so uh, I leave it open now there's nights my poor husband his teeth are chattering and I'm saying nine grand you know but I I sleep pretty well yeah I have mm. to say you know not too bad like he'd, he'd be up earlier than me and all that but my daughter oh she gives out yards about her husband she said it's like sleeping with a goods train because he's snoring so much yeah. <laughs> she, there's nights he's, he's He's put out to one of the kids' rooms and the the Cara comes in to her because she says, I can't I can't stick it, I can't sleep. <laughs> well I left the window wide open last night. It was very warm and what happened? A stray cat got in and was meow 
during the oh night. God. I had to get up two or three times to put him out. So the window had to get closed. <laughs> well, I was hoping for the window. I left the window open all. I hoped that builder would come over. But not so far, Jerry. But if he comes in there, he'll never get out alive. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Oh, my oh, God. Betty, I got building work done this year, but unfortunately it was in the winter. No, you... Oh, Betty, well, you're lucky. the right builder, obviously. <laughs> well, you'll see, you're, an, you'll yeah. see an application next week, Strahan Independent, for an extension on Betty's house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she'll put it out to tender. There's only one builder getting that contract. Because normally I'd, all I get is when it come in to do anything on my house, all I'd see are, is builder's bum. Now, you don't need to have <laughs> oh, no, that. No, no. no, no. no I do know a builder who buys very large underwear so he can pull it up to his waist when he sits yeah, down or yeah, kneels yeah. down. He said he really hates, hates it and he hates working with other yeah. uh, tradesmen oh, who are... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a real no. naked chest. Oh, yeah. listen, listen. But Betty, don't, now, hairy down. chest. Yeah. Do we like oh, hairy chest? have or? to have hair. A oh, man yeah. has to look like a man, not yeah. like a woman. Not like waxed. No, oh. none of that. What about men waxing? Do you wax for the summer, Jerry? Wax. <laughs> 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 Well, that? The only is that wax, efficient tackle? The, back. the only wax is in my ear. Yeah. And I don't do anything with that either. After being advised by a fellow who is a specialist, never to go Wax? Wax yeah. your chest. You're yeah. oh, me. No, for God's sake. It's not enough to wax but anyway. The lavender cowboy, like I say. <laughs> but Betty, don't let on no. what, uh, what buildery works for. Because, do you know, on a serious note, he could actually get sacked. For really? that, Why? yes, Why? No because shirt. no shirt, because they're not supposed to Health strip off again because of the exposure to the sun and Please. that. Okay. So they're oh supposed to, so, yeah. So, so all that lovely sweat and the rippling yeah. muscles no, wouldn't no. be on view. Well, no. you know yeah. what I'll have to do after the show, Betty. Don't worry, I'll edit this out of the podcast. We won't hear this. <laughs> it's gone now. This moment has <laughs> just gone out there, live. So you'll be all right. I'll I look would, after. But you. listen, we can always depend that she was just being delusional. You know. Anyway, look, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real blast. I've enjoyed myself so much. A, b- a big thank you to you all always for coming in. For uh, Carmel McCarthy from EMS and Associates, Caroline Kavanagh, who is the editor of Jalekan District News, and the wonderful Betty. Betty Clark. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, before I go, yes, main character in Nicola Cassidy's new book. <laughs> you have made it. You have made it. Don't look at me puzzled. I'll tell you after the show. So you are. You are. The nanny in 47. No. Absolutely. Betty, big character in the book, let me tell you. I'll talk to you in a minute. Anyway, girls, thanks a million. See you the next time. Yes, it's that time on Friday on Late Lunch when we're joined by Leon Blanche, Communications Manager with Boyle Sports, to look ahead to the weekend sport, local, national and international. Let's begin this week with soccer and this evening, Leon, the League of Ireland, First Division, big game for Drogheda against Cabin Teeley on the back of a fine win for the Drogs last week. Yeah, it was a super win, Jerry. 4-1, in fact, you know, sort of scoring plenty of goals. And in actual fact, looking back at Drogheda's last 10 league games, they've actually won eight of them and lost two. So 24 points from possible 30. It's a great run of form. And I fancy them at home tonight against Cabin Teeley. Of course, they're in second place now in the First Division with 41 points. Drogheda are 6-4 on. Cabentili are seven to two, and the draw here just under three to one at fourteen to five. But as I said, Drogheda on a good run of form, and I fully expect them to, to get another three points and hopefully uh, get that first place. 
because I think it would be fantastic to see Drogheda back up in the Premier Division. Indeed, it would. They have to win to keep the pressure on Shells. They do need Shells to slip, but I was just looking at the fixtures, Leon, and looking a few weeks ahead. Last game of the season, Drogheda against Shelburne in United Park. What, could it happen? Could it be a showdown? Oh, yeah, it could be a showdown. No doubt about it. Look, wouldn't it be fantastic if even if they were a couple of points behind going into that game, knowing that if they won at home, they'd be champions of the first division. It would really be a fantastic occasion. And that's, I think, what many people... Shells have been a very good side as well this year. They have spent a bit of money. And I think the two teams have been the best two teams so far in the first division. But that would be some finale if it was winner-take-all in the final game of the season. Talking about big occasions, Dundalk on the back of that wonderful result against Karabakh midweek in the Champions League qualifier. They have to go out uh, a long distance uh, for the return leg this Wednesday, but they have a league game this Saturday and it's a tricky one against St. Pat's and they lost up there earlier in the year. Yeah, Jerry, I was actually at Oriel Park on Wednesday night and I have to say the second half performance by Dundalk was absolutely fantastic. They should have won the match on that second half performance. They didn't. It's one all. They've, of course, lost Benson with a broken rib. He's gone for six weeks, so he'll be a big loss. But Dundalk have got a big squad. I have to say one thing here, Jerry. I think it's, I don't think it's right that Dundalk having to squeeze in a game against St. Pat's before that long trip over to play Carabag in the second leg. They should have left Dundalk and Rovers, who, of course, had a fantastic win last night in the Europa League. They should have left them off this weekend and fully concentrate on European football, but they didn't. Dundalk are still favourites, six to four on. St. Pat's are 9-2, and the draw here is 5-2. I do expect Vinnie Perth to make some changes. He's going to have to keep his key men fit and ready for the return leg in Carabag next Wednesday. But the Dock, they've got a nice cushion in the Premier Division, and I fully expect them to be champions of Ireland once again. Let's turn our attention to Gaelic Games, and this weekend it's the All-Ireland Hurling Semi-Finals beginning on Saturday evening uh, with Limerick and Kilkenny, and then Sunday it's Wexford against Tipperary. They're intriguing contests. They certainly are. Look, Limerick, they've had, I think it's three or four weeks off now since they were victorious in the Munster final when they well and truly hammered Tipperary. And then you've got Kilkenny, who had a fantastic win against Cork. So Kilkenny are match-sharp, but this Limerick side, they are, of course, current All-Ireland champions, they're a very young side. They're very hungry. They'll want to win back-to-back titles. They are favourites at 8-15. to Kilkenny are 21-10. to The handicap has it at a three-point spread. Limerick minus three at 10-11. Kilkenny plus three at even money. I think this is going to be a great game, Jerry. I think Kilkenny, they are very wiry. They've got the experience on the head. Brian Cody will have a trick or two up his sleeve. But I just fancy Limerick. I think they are a serious, serious hurling side. And as I said, they're young. They're hungry, and these players want to win back-to-back All-Ireland titles. And on Sunday, we go to Tipperary against Wexford. What a fantastic occasion it is to see Davy Fitzgerald leading Wexford into an All-Ireland semi-final. They, of course, won Leinster when they beat Kilkenny in that final. They are the underdog here at 9-4. to Tipperary are 1-2. to And again, the handicap is three points. Wexford plus three at even money, and Tipperary minus three at 10-11. to All the hurling experts are expecting Limerick and Tip to get through to the All-Ireland final but it's not as easy as that Jerry. I think there might be a shock and I think it might just be Kilkenny they might be able to put it up to Limerick but I'm really looking forward to watching both games Thanks Leon. Have a great weekend Jerry. all the best Jerry, I was having a bad day but those three ladies have just lifted my day, they are so funny, thanks a million girls, yes it was a bit of a riot wasn't it, with Betty Carmel and Caroline on Women With Opinions this afternoon, thank you for that lovely comment 
Hear ye, hear ye, the stouts are digging again. Well, they're almost finished digging today. It's the final day and Matthew Stout is on the line. Afternoon, Matthew. Oh, afternoon, Jerry. You're very good. You're very, you've always been a great supporter of our work, so thanks for bringing us up. Not at all. Just tell listeners, where have you been digging and what are you after? Well, we're digging a beautiful place, and I'm standing actually in the middle of the field now. We're digging in a place called Bow Beck, which is on the Baymore Road. And most people, it's very near the cross of the Baymore Cross, and most people don't see it, but there's a, there's a medieval building in the middle of a field. And it's the most extraordinary building, and uh, it's linked to a French monastery, and we're finding French pottery and all kinds of medieval things. It's, it's fantastic when you consider how close it is to Drada, and it's, it's so little known, but it's, it's been a wonderful excavation. How long are you there? This is the, in, this is the end of our fourth week. And we what did, did four weeks Okay, so so about a month you've been there. And have you yeah. found uh, items or artefacts of significance? Oh, we have. See, this, this place, this little piece of land belonged to a French monastery. And they farmed it, and they, they, they farmed sheep, and they were sending it back to the monastery in France. And so what we have is uh, we found a lot of French pottery, beautiful French pottery, from the 13th century. And we found the remains of their buildings, We've got uh, experts here talking about you know, trying to date the building, which is from the 1400s. And it's just, it's all just come together because we didn't know what we were going to find. It looks like any other field in Cassidy, but it's in the heart of a, of a what they call a medieval range, a, a Sturgeon farm. Terrific. So you're very happy with what you found. And you've had plenty of interest. There have been eminent people calling in to see what's been going on. Well, we've had, we've had the former chief archaeologist, but the, the, one of the most important person is the local man, uh, John McCullen. You know, he's, he's, he's written so much on the, on the area, but he's the one who, who for years has been trying to get someone to uh, excavate this piece of land. And he was cer- certain that it was important. And some people were skeptical. We were a little bit uncertain, but, it's, but he was right. It is, it is a, a very important medieval place. Now, I believe you have named different aspects of the dig for a certain oh, well, reason. Was, <laughs> that was a bit of nonsense because this is my, I'm 64 years old. And so this has been the year of my Beatles birthday when you're 64. <laughs> so everything has been named after the Beatles. We have the, the first cutting is Abbey Road for sale. Can't let me love. Uh, don't let me down. And don't let me down. Didn't let us down. We have found a medieval drying kiln in the cutting called Don't Let Me Down. So it's, this is the end of that kind of Beatle nonsense, but it's been a great Beatle year for me. Now, in terms of digs, there's yourself and Geraldine, of course. Uh, have you been joined by many volunteers? Oh, we, we have some of the people from, that dug with us last year in Newgrange, and we have uh, more people. We have... Uh, Louise Walsh, Louis, <laughs> Louise, I should say, Walsh's son, uh, Cole, who's just been a, a stalwart of this excavation. He's just a local lad who comes down there and works eight hours every day. It's extraordinary the willingness that, that the volunteers have. And we have a crew of uh, experienced uh, pottery people, environmentalists. We have, we, have the ex- we have the experts and the 
uh, interested amateurs here. It's just a great combination of people. Well, listen, I'll let you go because you're coming and going a little there on the coverage. What's oh, was I? You're, but you're I all tried, right. But before we go, we have to yell. Everybody has to yell. Yell. <laughs> Okay, we're all here enjoying ourselves on the last day. I know, I know. You're having a little bit of a party. My God, you have a great crew in the background there for sure. Matthew, thank you for joining us. Thank you indeed, and good luck to you all. Take care. Okay, thanks. Thanks very much. Bye now. Bye, 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 bye. That's Matthew Stout there and his wife Geraldine. They're wonderful people. I met them, it was last summer out at Newgrange when they were digging that on an unbelievably dry summer. But that is Bobek, just on the south side of Drogheda, an old Cistercian monastery there. And in case you didn't get it, Yes, Cole Ferrer has been an integral part. Louise, Louise, talk to me about this young fella of yours. He's had a great time out there on the Oh, day. they've been just amazing to him. He started off last year when, I remember you went out to... Yeah, um, Newgrange. Yeah, Newgrange, yeah. And he went out and they just said to him, look, at, we have public liability. I would think one of the few digs that welcome volunteers, even as kids... And he went out for a few days, loved it. Uh, the minute the summer holidays hit this year, will you contact Matthew, contact Matthew. So we found out they were, they were there in Bowbeck and he's been there and like up every morning, eight o'clock, wanting to go. He's there wheeling wheelbarrows and trawling and everything from mm. nine till five every day. And he, I, he's going to be very upset this evening. He just loves it. Yeah. And they're there next year and they've invited him back oh, again and everything. Wonderful. They're and fabulous what, what a way to spend your summer as well at something really interesting mm. and with a great crew. You heard there's a hell of a group of people there in the background as we just caught uh, the gist from of America, oh, yeah. everywhere. And yeah. he's coming home going, oh, I found 13th century <laughs> oyster shells and it's just great for him. Like. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And they're great people, the Stouts. They're they so are one. Geraldine and Matthew. They're wonderful, wonderful folk and great to be around as well. And you learn so much from them but they've discovered a lot there and well done to John McCullen he mentioned him there he's a great man as well for uh, getting them out there and getting them working for the last uh, month or so anyway that's our lot on Late Lunch for another week I want to say my thank yous to all our guests who joined us during the week to you our listeners who are with us every day we really do appreciate your company to the woman you've just been hearing a minute ago my producer Louise Walsh couldn't do this without her I really mean that and sincerely I say it every single week and uh, look, have a nice weekend. Uh, the weather's not too bad. Wherever you go, whatever you do, take care and do come back and join us for a brand new week of Late Lunch from Monday next, please, God. But we'll leave you today in the company of Boy Meets Girl. And I love this one myself. Waiting for a star to fall. See you Monday.
Lunch brought to you by Blackstone Motors, setting the standards higher for award-winning customer service you can trust. Visit your regional dealer for Renault and Dacia in the Northeast for exclusive offers with lowest can be APR finance and finance arranged within four hours. Dare to live? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.